0: Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. Today's conversation is with Amanda Samenoff. She's a civil mediator and conflict engagement specialist. This episode pairs super well with last week's conversation. In that episode, my guest, Micah Larson, shared about the emotional context of communication, and this week we're picking up and delving into using the best right form of tech for communication. Before we get into the conversation with Amanda, I am personally extending an invitation to you to join the Tech of Business community on Facebook. Just go to techofbusiness.com forward slash community. Hop into the conversation about today's episode. I cannot wait to interact with you. Now, a bit more about Amanda. She works with businesses to embrace awkward conversations, solve sticky problems, and lessen the toxic impacts of conflict. Her clients include early-stage tech co-founders, venture capital groups, corporate boards, sports teams, and nonprofits. She also coaches hockey on the side. As a mediator, she strives to help her clients create their own unique balance between humanity, relationship, and conflict in an increasingly tech-savvy world. This is going to be fun. Before I bring Amanda on, I want to mention that she is a co host of the Overthinking Conflict podcast. Check it out after you finish up with this interview. I think you will enjoy it. So, with that, Amanda, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast.
1: It's great to be here, Jamie. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. Anytime I get a chance to connect with someone who lives in my hometown, the town I grew up with, it's always fun. (laughs) Yeah. So, One of the things that I like to do on this podcast, as the listeners know, is just kind of jump right into the tech. And in your business, you spend a lot of time figuring out how tech can work with your clients and help them and how it can be a hindrance and things like that. So let's just kind of start there and talk about when and why tech becomes part of the conflict and the conflict resolution.
1: Well, I think one of the big things that we need to think about when we're using tech is the pieces of communication that we're sometimes missing or the parts that we don't necessarily have in a normal kind of face-to-face conversation and so when we're dealing with tech we can sometimes forget the humanity of the person on the other side of the conversation we're having and so uh, emails that are maybe not emotional for one of us to write can be really emotional to be read or text messages that i think mean hey everything's good can seem like a brush brush off to someone else or these kind of these spaces for miscommunication really increase the fewer um, inputs we have into our communication. So when I'm looking at somebody face-to-face on a video, I have a lot more um, kind of introspective and ability to see into where they are. So I can see what they look like, what their facial expressions are. I also have tone of voice. So I have a few more pieces of communication and I'm less likely to misinterpret what they're saying or what they're meaning. Perhaps I can see hair is undone. They're not having a great day. Perhaps I can, I can get a little bit more of a window into where they're at and where they're coming from. And so I can have those deeper conversations. I can start in a place where maybe I'll be a little bit forgiving if things aren't quite as polished as I'm expecting at the beginning.
0: Right. You know, that makes really good sense. I know that whenever I start one of these podcast interviews before we hit the record button, we are face to face so that we have a little bit of time to size each other up a little bit but also just to to gain a little bit more comfort before we turn off the cameras and we you know hit record. And I think that that helps for both of us and for anybody who is having a distance based uh, relationship or communication create that additional barrier. Cause I know for sure. Yeah. So many times you'll send an email to a client or a client will send you an email and it gets interpreted wrong it, all the time. I mean, I can even, <laughs> <laughs> I even got an email from a client on a Sunday and we were kicking off her project on a Monday. I got the email and it happened to be on my phone where I had the alert available uh, for whatever reason, my phone was facing up. It doesn't usually face up. And I'm like, why am I getting an email from her today? We're not starting until tomorrow. So I kind of already had anxiety before I even opened that email because I'm like, this is not right. And then it was just like, hey, I just want to make sure everything's ready for tomorrow. I'm excited to get started.
1: (laughs) Right. And if instead of it opening with, hey, I'm excited to get started tomorrow, it had been a list of things for tomorrow, you might have been sitting there like this is really inappropriate. And then you step in tomorrow and your conversations already at a little bit of an awkward space. And so it's really, for me, the really kind of important thing for us to think about is how do we lay good groundwork within our tech use? Like I, there are lots of tech tools that I absolutely love for helping build relationship and helping to humanize and, and those kinds of pieces, but they can send people really wrong. So I, through our podcast, we have, you know, an email list. And it's really important to me that we include like a thank you for signing up thing in our email list that kind of has a, has a space of being able to be like, this is what I ex- you should expect when interacting with us. But then our list only goes out like four times a year. Right. It's really not that that. So that's not where our primary relationship building will occur. And it's going to occur in the podcast space or potentially on Twitter. And so when you're you're sitting there, when somebody then emails us specifically, it's really, really important that we respond right away. Right. That kind of they've reached out in that that space because we're building that relationship there. But that's very different than a client who potentially wants to do mediation work with me where I really need to know sort of the nuts and bolts of the kind of underlying piece where we're not going to go through a bunch of rounds of emails. We're going to book a phone call right away.
0: Right. Because even when, as soon as you go into the the voice, you've added one more element of uh, of understanding and of being able to understand what's going on with them at that moment.
1: Right. And so because what we need is deeper understanding, that phone conversation will save us so much time because uh, one of the things that's really interesting about how we communicate when we're either out, out of sync, so through email, this kind of asynchronous technology is often it's like I give you the piece that I think is important and then you kind of reply with maybe some questions and some more information and then I answer the set of those questions that I think are important and then you reply with, and so often we'll go back and forth 15 or 20 or 30 times to get to the core of the substance. Which we could probably do by voice in ten minutes.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So in this case, technology um, becomes a barrier to uh, problem solving and you know and time efficiency. Um, when do you find that technology is an asset in these uh, in this type of uh, relationship with your and working with your clients? I
1: think the ability to work at distance is <laughs> amazing. Right. So the ability to do video and to work across distances and to work across time. So it's one thing to be you know, having to meet in an office at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's it's another thing for somebody that perhaps has mobility issues or has kids they have to get to school or other kind of lifestyle stuff or per- perhaps lives at a significant distance um, to be able to connect in real time over the internet gives us this incredible ability to work in ways that we haven't been able to in the past it's it is a real game changer
0: yeah no absolutely i can i i mean i see that every day and and i it's even you know just um, instant message type environment rather than email. And, you know, when I work with my clients, I have multiple forms of touch points with them and we have different expectations depending on where we are on the project that some of the stuff is, as you said, asynchronous, it happens. And then Mm -hmm. someone responds later, whereas other stuff like, um, in an instant message type situation or an ongoing, um, text conversation, we can do it in a little bit more real time because that's the expectation. We definitely set our expectations on the communication thresholds based on what the project requires and the timeline. And I'm sure that you see that as well, that sometimes, yes, picking up the phone makes sense. Sometimes sending the email makes sense. And I think that there is a lot of value in um, creating parameters around when different types of technology should be used in in business and in personal lives as well.
1: well. And, and allowing people to understand that if I email you on the weekend, I'm basically doing my own personal brain dump. So this is a thing for me is that I often send emails at strange times. And so when I work with somebody, they need to know that if I'm emailing you, it's because I had time and I had this thought and I expect no response. Right? Right. Yeah. No response right away. If I'm texting you, it's because something is urgent. Right. Right? If I'm, if I'm using this kind of technology, it's because it's urgent. We need to deal with this right now. If it's by email, it's for when you happen to have time and get to it. And that's an expectation I put forward when I set up working relationships with like my co-host for my podcast or new clients is if it's by email. I will reply somewhere within three days and I don't expect you to do any better than that. Right? Like that's when the time works. And yes. so taking, but often we forget to have those conversations. So I have gotten emails at 3am and follow-up emails at 7am with people being like, haven't you read my email yet?
0: Right. Well, you know, I mean, there is an old adage. It can't be that old because email's not that old, but it just <laughs> says that, you know, what is in your inbox is someone else's to-do list. Yes. And I I firmly believe that the more we can spend time out of our inbox, the better off we are. And if something has to be done, you take it out of the inbox and you put it on your to-do list and you just go back into that task in the inbox to reply once the task is off of your to-do list, which is not your inbox.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so then there's the question of how do you reply to that? And so this, the sort of the space that I like to work in is that if, if something is that urgent, like if you're actually having an emergency, then here are the spaces to get a hold of me and if it's not an emergency we're not getting a hold of me in these spaces we're we're trying you know we're doing email or we're right the kind of the other spaces and how do you create a sort of a buy-in for your clients an understanding for your clients of how to use different kinds of communication tools with you and i think the one thing that tech and the internet has really done is they've given us this huge variety of different tools we can use and one of the things that i find really um very exciting because I get really into a lot of them. But one of the things that I find really interesting that I have to keep front of mind is that I have to be using tools that meet the needs of the clients coming in the door. Yes. And that like, how do I choose a format that they are able to access? So I have started using Zoom a lot more because more people can just click the link. Yes. And then it just all works most of the time. Right. (laughs) Um, So for somebody that maybe doesn't have as high uh, comfort with tech as I do or, you know, other people um, may have, it's really nice for them to still be able to interact in this format, um, just being able to click the link. And so that that how does this work for them or uh, or if they sign up for, you know, an email newsletter, do they know what they're getting? Right. Is it going to be something that works for them in the space that they're in? Would they prefer a different way of being communicated with? Um, there are people who need voice. And so I will record and send voice instead of doing, um, a text message or an email. So I have a couple of clients who, um, are not, uh, they, they aren't blind, but they have a lot of trouble with reading for various reasons. And so for them, both text and email are not good forms. And so I actually record them voice memos. Right. right? So, Yeah. yeah. So I send voice memos instead of, and that's to book anything. Like I will send a voice memo saying, like reminding them about a meeting or, or anything like that. And so it's like, how do you think about how you're using the tech to meet the needs of people where they're at?
0: Yes, absolutely. And I can, you know, think of a lot of the members of the audience right now who are like, yeah, if I just used this other form of communication, the point would get across, it would be more efficient. It would be A, B, or C with that particular client, but I can continue to work using the tools that I'm used to using with all these other clients. And so being willing and able to adapt is vital. I mean, I even see it when you know, when it is registration for an event or for a course or for a webinar or a workshop or, you know, a virtual summit and things like that, just making it as easy and efficient as possible um, for the masses, but providing other options. And that's one of the reasons why I love so much uh, the trend that's come where there has been that bottom, that... um. It, Icon in the bottom right-hand corner of screens that allows you to interact. You know, Mm -hmm. a text. uh, It's a text-based app that sends a message to whoever is the website owner, so that somebody who is having trouble with registering or with doing something on the site has another way of reaching out. And it's just kind of like a help desk. And it's one of those things that, for me as a, a techie, I have come to really appreciate having additional ideas and additional options and additional avenues, because there's always a way. It's just a matter of finding the right way.
1: I've been experimenting a little bit with chat bots recently, and I really love a lot of those kinds of interactions. And it's sort of the opposite of a lot of the work I do in like mediation and conflict resolution itself. But there's always the, can, um, the tech start the conversation that you then finish. Right. right. So yep. can you have, you know, instead of a form, can you have a chatbot do your, um, basically do your registration and your integration and Right. kind of do that uh, intake piece. And while I don't have it perfected yet, and it's kind of uh, clunky, I do love the idea that you can use the tech in ways that that are friendlier, mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. more accessible, are more open to people who aren't as comfortable being able to use them. Right, So do you have a form where when somebody fills out something wrong, a little thing pops up and says, this is what you're supposed to put in this box. Can I help you?
0: Right. Yeah. Right? And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking um, a lot of the uh, text signups for mailing lists, like that's the same idea. Text this code to this number and it comes back and says, okay, what's your name? And you reply mm-hmm. back with with your name. And then it says, what's your email address? And then it replies back, thank you. I've got this information. Check your inbox. That's a very efficient way of getting people The information they need how they need it when they need it it's a it's really nice to be able to meet the audience and meet the client and meet the customer where they're at
1: and you get a lot of those call outs in podcasts
0: yes you do right
1: and the reason you get them in podcasts and i think they work very well in podcasts is where are most people listening to podcasts it's on the go it's on their phone yes and so um, and you can even voice text the number, right? <laughs> right. So, so you can hands-free from your vehicle while you are driving voice text the number Yes. and sign up for that thing when it's front of mind. And so there's that piece of when it's front of mind, because I guarantee uh, two podcasts later, when somebody gets home, they are not going to like open their laptop, find your website, and then sign up for your newsletter, unless it is the single most important mind blowing thing that they've had happen all week, right? That's not how we work. And so that ability to do it instantly really, really helps that ability to reach out. And a lot of it is just thinking about because if I'm on my computer, uh, interacting with a video, then clicking the link in the video and signing up for a newsletter is probably actually easier than going and like finding my phone and texting. Right. Right. And so, where are people consuming that content, and how would they like to be communicated with in that moment? Really matters.
0: It it absolutely does, and I think that there are, uh, that's a really good use a, a really good use case for when to use one versus the other. And it's so amazing to me how many people spend time on what you're going to receive after you sign up for the inbox, after you sign up for the emails and don't spend enough time figuring out how someone's actually going to do that sign up. I know personally, I listen to podcasts in my car, just like you were saying, and I would happily respond to those couple of bot requests when I have stopped my car and I'm walking somewhere. But if I could start that thing so that the next thing I have to do is go to my text messages and do the next piece of work, it's 90%, probably a closer to a hundred percent chance that I'm going to actually complete that action.
1: And it can sit there for you. So that that voice interaction with the technology, I mean, I think currently it's something that I've been experimenting a lot with. I don't have it in my home because I'm uncomfortable with that space where like, <laughs> my kids and the voice technology is something that I'm still navigating a little bit, but sort of on my own, in my own space, I love it.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah hmm And th- that's so funny you say that. My uh, younger daughter, her middle name is Alexa. And <laughs> so um, we do not have a device in the house because if we ever want to yell out, hey, an Alexa, we just don't want this thing to pick up so we don't have it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's perfect right and she'll have that for her whole life you know like this sort of space where you know it's it's one of those very kind of front of mind things where she gets to feel both like special and right
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely it's it's so funny that that was something when i first found out that that was the name that they were using i'm like well um i guess i'm not going to be using it um whereas uh with the iphone Mm, very few people have the name Siri and you know like and then the Windows one Cortana those ones are names that are obscure enough that you're going to be okay in most households but Alexa's so <laughs> friendly
1: <laughs> well I think it also really speaks to where we are so yes. if you were in certain parts of Asia is a very common name correct and so you have that kind of space of of whose names are we using and why? I always, I always wonder when we, when I come across names that are very familiar, why they were chosen.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
1: And and part of, I think why Alexa may have been chosen and I don't, I kind of haven't gone down into the weeds on it is that this, the, the sounds are very distinctive. And so it's obvious what you're saying. Which is the same with Siri, right? Like it's obvious what you're saying. Um, And so it's sort of simpler for the voice tech. And I find that while the voice tech understands me very well, so I can voice dictate and get proper kind of speech uh, well, proper, but it actually picks me up and it looks like what I'm saying. I've tried to do voice transcripts for lots of our podcast guests, and it's just gobbledygook. And Mm. part of that is either accent or different tones so different pieces pick up differently and so I'm really excited to see how voice tech will change going forward to see if it can actually you know figure out how different people's speech patterns are then translated into language.
0: Yes. And this has been something that's been going on a long, long time because I, okay, I'm going to age myself a little bit, (laughs) but um, when I was in college, I had a summer job. I was working in one of those stores that sells computers and computer software. And this was in the (laughs) nineties and we had the text to speech or the, you know, the speech, the voice, the speech to text application. And, um, back then it was so rudimentary and you had to speak so slowly and you had to enunciate every single one of your Mm -hmm. words. And nowadays my speech is clear enough and uh, without too many pauses that I can get pretty good um, text out of my speech as well. But I can imagine that it's just going to go leaps and bounds in the next 20 years based on how far it's come in the past 20.
1: <laughs> no, it, it, it's a very exciting space and it, it gives us a lot of opportunities for working with people with different kinds of impairments. So I get a lot of requests for transcripts or um, written as well as visual for, um, like if you go and you look at any of uh, the UN teaching tools, everything has a visual component, an auditory component, and a text component. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason they put them all together is because they're dealing with people that may not speak the French or English very well. And the ability to have the written translation along with the auditory allows people who struggle with the language a little bit a greater chance to understand. Yes. So when we're dealing cross-language, this ability to have all three present um, really increases people's ability to understand the content that's coming out.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's so funny because we as native whatever language speakers we are we kind of forget that there are these people or places or things that, that it's not as straightforward and kind of coming back to, you know, working with your clients and talking about the, the difference between an email and a text and those, phone call and a Zoom call and things like that. It's the same thing, but it's all a matter of the communication and how the message comes across. So kind of like we've come full circle, we started talking about how a message could be interpreted wrong to coming all the way through to making it sure that it's accessible and understandable in every single form.
1: No, and that that's really the key is to be using the technology in spaces where you're creating relationships and you're sort of building things up and and that sort of one of the things that i find a lot is things go unspoken and then they grow yes and because we're just communicating by email maybe we don't feel like we have to address it or because we don't we haven't necessarily had a face to face communication with somebody um we don't understand that things have been really missed. And that how do you, if you're going to have a long-term client relationship with somebody, how do you lay that that groundwork before maybe then you go back to these faster, easier, more asynchronous forms of technology? So like if I'm going to be working with somebody a lot on a project, I like to do a video or an in-person and then move to email or and then move to something else because then I know that we at least have of the groundwork laid out. I've sort of figured out how they communicate. So if I'm talking to somebody and their personal style is very sarcastic, I will read their emails differently. Yes. But how would I know that, right? Until we had a conversation, right?
0: Totally. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. And it kind of goes also to like when you go to somebody's website, if you've never had any other interaction with them and you use the, the words at face value then mm-hmm. where are you going to go? How are you going to gain comfort knowing that this is the right person or wrong person to interact with? And that's why social media and, uh, and all these different tools are there to help us and enhance the plain text version, so to speak.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting in the sort of the social versus the website versus in all of these places. And, and often people are so carefully curated in their public image that then when you go into kind of dealing with people privately, they're a little different. Yes. And those differences, part of learning those differences is actually building like a real concrete relationship with the person. But those differences can lead to tensions, that if they're unclear, unstated, can be a really big deal for people. And so you can have those spaces where, you know, I have expectations because I see that you're Instagram looks like a, but my experience when I'm working with you one-on-one is something different. Yes. And and often that's because people are humans and they can't give you the Instagram experience one-on-one every day. They can give you the Instagram experience once in a while. Right. Um, right. But their day-to-day, they can't show up like that because they don't show up like that. Those are, you know, our our best of, right? You're looking, you're looking at the best of, you're not looking at the B sides and you know, the, the other, the other things that didn't make the hit series. And so, so understanding that what is on Instagram may not be how somebody shows up every day can be really jarring for people. Yes, it
0: can absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, they're they're vignettes. They're vi- they're like just a, a snapshot of what's going on, and they're the the prettiest snapshots. And I kind of really like that vision of understanding that what you see is is the the creme de la creme. It's the top. It's the best. And it it's where if you like that enough, and you're willing to go uh, beneath the surface a little bit and get to know somebody at the next level and you know have a conversation with them or engage with them in a more real-time capacity that's where the true connection and communication can uh, grow from.
1: Very much so and also what I find is that when you go deeper what you get is that ability to then create those kinds of experiences, right? So like if we have a long-term deep real relationship, then we can create that kind of hit piece.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you know, on that note, I would love for people to be able to connect and communicate and collaborate and connect with you further, and obviously listen to your podcast. So <laughs> yeah, because I love the podcasting space, but I'd love for people to or for you to share with uh, the audience where people can connect with you, what your favorite form of uh, social media is, and uh, then we're gonna wrap things up.
1: So I'm the easiest to find on Twitter. I'm at mindfulconres. Um, That's probably the best space to just kind of drop by and say hi and have a little chat. Uh, You can find me on my website, uh, mindfulresolution.ca, or Amanda at MindfulResolution.ca, uh, and I I love chatting with people. So if you have conflict-related problems and you want to reach out and and have a conversation about them, there's an ability to just book a 10-minute free appointment off of my website to say, hey, you know, I want to talk about this, and then we can figure out what the space to work in would look like.
0: Very, very cool. And here on the Tech of Business podcast, I like to ask one final question after uh, all of the contact information. <laughs> and for you, Amanda, what I wanted to ask is if there was a hybrid piece of technology that was going to be created to facilitate communications in a way that hasn't been created yet? Maybe it's a, you know, it might be a hybrid again, uh, something that's kind of bringing in a couple of pieces. What would that look like to you?
1: Oh, so the thing that I would love to have exist would be a lightweight, small pop-up sound studio kind of a piece. So just something that I could like pull out, fold out, it fits around my laptop and it's like, microphone, earbuds, sound dampening does all of the things so that recording on the go would be easy.
0: (laughs) So that you could record those voice memos for the clients when you're out (laughs) taking a walk. I get it. (laughs)
1: How lovely would that be? Like just really simple, really lightweight. You can put it in your like carry-on luggage and not be worried that it won't make it out at the other end.
0: I love that. I like. I am so inspired. And what I love most about this question that I ask is that somebody who's listening to the podcast is going to be like, I want to create that. And I just love that idea so, so much. Amanda, thank you again for coming on the Tech of Business podcast. This has been a really fun conversation. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you for hanging out with me again this week. Please consider sharing this episode with a business friend and leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That is the absolute best way for more business owners just like you to find out about the Tech of Business podcast. And it would mean the world to me. Are you looking to do something new online in your business in the next few months? And are you interested in outsourcing the tech side of things? Hit me up through any of the links on the show notes page, which you can find at techofbusiness.com forward slash zero two five. And did you know that I'm actively accepting applications for guests on the podcast? I'm taking applications for both the tech breakthrough sessions and interviews with business owners just like you and Amanda, who we got to speak with today. There's a link to apply on the show notes page. And thank you again for your listenership. I'll be back next week with another episode.